0: We're going to use the Bible for the basis of our, of our conversation today, but I want to talk to you in this third message about sex inside of your marriage. Do you notice I didn't just say sex, and I didn't just say marriage. I said sex in your marriage, sex in your marriage. So the genre for this week's playlist is, is R&B. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet drum roll we got it's been built we have kept this the best secret every week usually we tell everybody everything i've been getting messages which ones what song we doing this week what are we covering but i want to run you back through the three that we've done just so you can understand what playlist is all about playlist is about taking some of the songs that we oftentimes listen to that are in all of our playlists and 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 giving them some sort of spiritual application. This isn't so much a series about what we're against. How many of you know you go to church, and I'm a hellfire and brimstones preacher a lot of the time, but I'm always filled with love, mercy, and grace. God's not bipolar. God always shows himself merciful to those that repent, and God always shows himself angry against those that are obstinate and hard-hearted. So God is the same God, but there's two sides of God, and the sides of God that you see and his attributes to you are present. Dedicated on the response of your heart to God's commands. When God says you can either dig your heart in, your feet in the ground, and say, I ain't moving, and you're going to see the anger of God. If you say, I humble myself under your hand, oh God, and I'm sorry for what I've done, you'll see the mercy of God. So we oftentimes have to preach the full counsel of God's words, which sometimes convicts and sometimes edifies. It just depends on where you're at in your walk. I can be preaching the same message and somebody's getting built up, and somebody's over here feeling like they need to crawl under the seat. Somebody's over here feeling like they want to stand up and shout, and the next person's breaking out in buckshot sweat. Amen. There's people getting, Pastor Denny used to say this there's people being offended and people being saved under the same sound system every Sunday morning. It's the same message, the same preacher, the same anointing. The response is your heart, it's not the preacher. It's your response to the message. I was dealing with a subject we're going to deal with today in Rochester one time. And uh, man, I was preaching the truth. I mean, I was spitting and just preaching. I mean, I had, the church was, yeah, man. Everybody. And uh, I got an email that said, hey, I'd love to go to lunch with you after after you pastor for a while you know what that means so the follow-up email to that is want to go to lunch about what don't take three days and stew on what you want to talk to me about and then me walk in and be blindsided give me three days too i'm giving you way too much information <laughs> so i walk in with this gentleman and he said man i want to tell you that's an incredible message sunday morning and i said man i appreciate it thank you and he said i was just waiting on the punch he said, uh, man, that, you, by God, Lee, you really know that Bible. Man, that was annoying. Man, people were really in, and I, and, and I said, yeah. And he said, well, you, you do know my, my daughter is in that situation. And he said, I don't disagree with anything you said. He just said, it was very difficult for me to hear it from you because you said it all through anger. He said, be very, it would be easier for me to hear tough truth if it felt like it was coming from a loving heart. So I made a decision then that anytime we talk about tough issues, Anybody can stand up and say what needs to and get the mob stirred up and get the church to say amen. I made a decision then that anytime we talked about tough stuff to make sure that the people that are in those situations know that the person that's communicating to that today is saying what I'm saying to them in love, even if it's not how you're living with your life. Amen. Amen. So this morning to run you back through the last three playlists, the first one we talked about. Leonard Skinner's song, ooh, that smell. I don't know, do we, do we still have that clip? Is, is that possible to play? So for some of the first-timers that came today to Oaks Church, you're about to find out we are a very unconventional and very untraditional church here. We, we actually can preach the gospel out of Leonard Skinner's songs. I, we did it. We did it. And we played this clip like 15 times during the message. And it's actually one of my favorite playlist songs. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, get the second one ready. And and at this point, some of you have never been here before, like how in the world does that have to do with anything with the gospel? I'm so glad that you asked. The Bible talks about repeatedly in the New Testament that all of our lives are releasing an aroma. All of our lives are giving off a smell to the people we encounter every day. Ronnie Van Zant wrote that song to his brothers in his band and said, drugs and alcohol is killing you. Can't you smell that smell around you? We're fisting to lose everything. Paul said, as Christians, we're either dying to ourselves so that the life of Christ can live, and it puts off a sweet-smelling aroma to the world around us, Or we're killing the life of Christ, crucifying him again in us so that our flesh can live by being stingy and greedy and prideful and arrogant. And that puts a stench of death around us that smells like stink to other people. And so every time we live out our week every decision we had to make that week after we listened to that song husbands were saying to wives can't you smell that smell you're smelling very selfish right now you smell and then she was then she would wait on him to mess up and he say, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and I'm leaving you and the kids and she can't you smell that smell Ooh. either your life is releasing the aroma of Christ's life or it's releasing the aroma of your own self-will Then the second week after we covered Southern rock in the playlist genre, we then went to pop and it's a very popular song. I think they're gonna play it for me now. Now, for those of you that don't know, that's Miley Cyrus. I know way too much information about that song go back and watch the message but she is self-proclaimed living through the heartache and heartbreak of a failed marriage she's writing a song in response to one of Bruno Nomar's song that her ex-husband who cheated on her multiple times sent to her as a plea to make up that says I should have held your hand I should have bought you flowers She wrote the song saying I know how to love myself. I can buy myself flowers I can hold my own hand I can take myself dancing and what we talked about last week is that self-love is okay The ideology of self-love and self-acceptance is okay when addressing mental health issues and mental health disorders But it is an ideology that is is very old. It's not new And when you look deeper into this ideology of self-love that teaches you to accept yourself and to trust yourself and be your best love and to understand you and to be true to who you are, it is a very misleading ideology that is counterculture to Christianity. And the Bible's response to that is the best way for you to love yourself is to first know and to receive the love of God. And once you know and receive the love of God, God will then be your first and your last, your wisdom, your counselor, your God, the author and the finisher of all of the things. It was so funny, I started breaking down the points of the ideology of self-love that's being taught today. And every one of them were counter to a scripture in the Bible, trust your own heart. Well, then the Bible says, do not trust your own heart. The heart is desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. So while I want you to love you and accept you, at the same time, you can't love you the right way or accept yourself the right way until you understand how God accepts you and loves you. So this week, we're going to switch to R&B. R&B, drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Before, before we get into this, I know there's 16-year-olds in here. I hope there's no 9-year-olds in here. Um, I understand that there are married people in here listen to me I understand that there are people in here not married Uh uh-huh I'm gonna need you to help me (laughs) I understand that one of the greatest statistics of Oaks Church to this day is we are up to like 16 people that were shacking yeah I said it (laughs) that made a decision without me ever getting on to them to get married there are people in here living together there are people in here who are having sex that are not married there's people in here having sex with multiple people there's people even in here with same-sex attraction issues there are people in here obviously with all different types of sexual dysfunctions that are not in lines with god's word and and i understand that and listen to me i love every one of you but no matter how i love you i still have an obligation to preach the bible the way it is written now i'm gonna preach it and i'm gonna preach it in love i can't get up here and tell you this book says something it doesn't but i'm also gonna tell you man ain't never made nothing as good as sex in marriage it's better than coca-cola my friend and it's sacred and it's special. And if you protect it and if you use it the way God said use it and intended for it to be handled, it will be one of the most joyful things you ever get to celebrate on this side of heaven. Amen. Roll oh me. Now, men, I don't think you put it together yet, but I strategically waited to Father's Day to teach on sex. If you didn't love Pastor John, you ought to love me after today. My friend Laura Mixon said, I see what you did, you sucker. Are you here, Laura? She sent me a message. I see what you did. I know you planned that. I did. Here it is. Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8, New Living Translation. Scriptures will be on the screen. God's will for you as his people is to be set apart or to be holy. And to stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will know how to control his or her own body and live in holiness and honor. That you will know how to control your own body. Not your wife has to control you, not your mama has to control you. You. At some point, the training wheels got to be taken off so that you are okay to drive by yourself. You don't want to walk around living in lustful passions like the Gentiles do, the people that don't even know God or don't even know his ways. Listen to me. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by hitting on, hitting up, or violating, or sleeping with his wife. You need to read Proverbs. There ain't no ransom you can give that dude. He is going to kill you. That's what Proverbs says. You hit on Brooke. I ain't going to be Pastor John very Long Player. (laughs) Now, I'm friendly, and I love people and hug people, and I'm probably too over-friendly, but I love my wife. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull a Pastor David Otis from Lifeline Fellowship. Babe, would you please stand up? Would you please stand up? Would you please stand up? Please, Please stand up. Turn around. This my wife, listen to me. This my wife, take a good look right now. Now don't let me catch you looking at her again, that's my wife, that's my wife. I will go BC before Christ, old school, OG, Louisiana Penitentiary, DOC number 403187. I will have a jailhouse ministry over her, trust me. You don't want none, I am crazy. But more importantly, the Lord avenges all such sins. Listen to me. Whatever a man does, God is not mocked. The Bible says the Lord avenges all such sins. You go cheat on another man's wife, that you have perpetually set something in motion in the spirit realm that God himself co-signed the check and said, I'm going to make sure it gets paid you've been on the receiving end of a lot of things i've been on the receiving end of a lot of things in life but you don't want to be on the receiving end of god's righteous indignation trust me he pays it when he says i promise it listen to what listen to what the apostle paul says as when we were all with you we solemnly warned you like you can mess up my lot of errors there'd be grace don't mess up here this is different God has called us to live holy lives not impure lives therefore anyone listen to this anyone who refuses to live by these rules you got to understand you're not disobeying human teachings but you're rejecting the instructions from the creator God who created you who also went so far as to give you the inhabitation of his spirit inside of you so now that we've got the canvas the palette set for what we're going to talk about today sex and marriage. I want you to listen to our clip. <laughs> I know I'm finna to get in trouble. I know I'm about to get in trouble but I'm going to do it anyway. When I told the staff which song, Ms. Rhonda said, that's mine and Charles' song. <laughs> hey, hey. I said, I said, okay. <laughs> listen to me if you are alive in this room if you have red blood going through your veins if you have a pulse you know that the prophet marvin gay penned it perfectly when he wrote the lyrics to this song describing the feelings that we have all felt in or out of marriage Amen. Amen. amen amen listen to what he said he said I've been really trying, baby, trying to hold back these feelings for so long. And if you feel like I feel, baby, then come on, come on, come on. Now, the problem is those feelings don't come with a governor that worry about if you got on a wedding ring. The ring ain't connected to the passion. The passion is ungoverned and unbridled, and it's in there for all different sorts of attractions. However, as I think you all understand, feelings can be misleading and, and ultimately destructive. I, I think that's why the Bible speaks so firmly on this issue. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. Paul again He says, make it a practice to run from sexual sins. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body don't you realize that your body is the temple, the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you and was given to you by God you don't even belong to yourself anymore for God bought you with a high price of heaven, the precious sinless blood of his son, you are now morally, spiritually obligated to honor God with the body he allows you to live in in this earth Amen. <sighs> don't get me wrong I'm definitely not saying those feelings for sexual intimacy or for sex itself is bad. It's not bad. Is God-given. I got to be honest with you. I sat down with a couple of 20-year-olds this week, and, and I want to be very kind-hearted here. And, 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 and they had asked me, hey, would you sit down? Would you pray with us? And, and, and we just, you know, we need some little Bible study here on a couple of things. And, and we did. And, and as I started peeling back the onions, I said, okay, well, well what's the issue? And, and the first thing the young man told me is, is, is that he's, you know, I'm 20 years old and I'm extremely attracted to girls. And inside I went, praise God. <laughs> Who, one issue we, we at least we can start going forward instead of you know no disrespect man I'm just you know that's an attraction but it doesn't need to be followed up with an action amen? amen we all have attractions we all have desires we all have passions but that don't mean we should do them or act listen I'm not saying that a desire for sexual intimacy or for sex is bad it's not it's good it's God-given I'm like, man, praise God. You're a red-blooded man. Woo-hoo. Now let me talk to you about learning to control that because if you don't control that, at 20, this will eventually show up in some other area of your life later that will destroy a bunch of other things if you don't learn to check this now. The truth is they're God-given gifts. And the older that I get and the more that I study about them, I see that God, who's given us this great gift, listen, you know this, we're in the Bible Belt, to whom much is given. Much is what? To whom much is given. To whom much is given. So God gave us this great gift, but with this great gift comes an enormous amount of responsibility to sacredly care for this and to protect this. Matter of fact, the Bible says we must protect it ferociously. But because there is so much sexual immorality among you, check this out. First Corinthians seven and two, same guy, the apostle Paul, check this out. But because there is so much sexual immorality, you know what sexual immorality means in the Bible and we'll make this simple for you. It means any sexual relationship outside of a man and his wife. Sexual, I mean, mean, listen, this isn't complicated. Sexual immorality is any sexual relationship outside of the confines of of marriage between one man and one woman. He says, but because there is so much sexual immorality out there, each man, I love that he spells it out, should have his own wife. Woo-hoo! And each woman should have her own husband. (laughs) Ain't no woman said (laughs) woo-hoo. Ain't no woman in here stood up. (laughs) Ain't a woman so We going to deal with you too. Just hang around a little while. I'm going to get to you. Matter of fact, I think that's a a good starting place for us today. Listen, again, very compassionate, very loving, very very sensitive, very sober-minded, very very maturely. Thinking through, praying through this all week long. That's That's why I didn't run. My dad died Tuesday. I didn't run from the pulpit on Sunday morning. It's my responsibility. I pastor this church to talk about these things number one sex in marriage is between a man and a woman mark chapter 6 for all of you purists all of you originists excuse me mark chapter 10 verses 6 through 9 all of the people that say well i wish we could just do church the way that it was in the beginning i wish we could just do it the way the bible says okay well here it is But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. God made them male and female. God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united by sexual intercourse and made one spirit and one flesh. They are no longer two, but they are one. Now, check this out. I'm going to give you a new take on something. Let no one. I looked up Greek. I looked up the Greek for no one. Guess what I found out it meant? No one. (laughs) Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Now, you know how we say that, Heather? We say when you and Mr. Jim, and boy, he outkicked his coverage. That was a joke. You're supposed to. When you and Mr. Jim got married, hopefully that preacher said, and what God has joined together, let no man put asunder, referring to, symbolizing, say, you two are together, let nobody come in between y'all. Right? Amen? Can I show you what this scripture really means in the Hebrews? And don't let anybody come along later and say, God didn't know what he was doing when he put man and woman together. Let nobody split that asunder. What God joined together, men and women, nobody gets the right to come back and say it's different. Look it up. Look it up in Hebrew. That's what he's saying. God knew what he was doing when he put men and women together. Listen to me. God explicitly talks about every form of sexuality in the Bible. I am not a one verse guy one translation guy, or a one admitted word guy, I am a Genesis to Revelation. Let's cover the whole book cover to cover. You want to talk about alcohol? Let's talk about alcohol from cover to cover. You want to talk about sex? Let's talk about sex cover to cover. You want to talk about a subject in the Bible? Let's talk about it from cover to cover. Don't pull out one verse. You can make the Bible say almost anything you want it to say. If you pick and choose like a buffet, let's put it all together and talk about it. Here's what the Bible says about sexuality. Sexuality between a man and a man is called homosexuality and it's not God's practice. The Bible talks about a woman lying with a woman. Lesbianism, it's not God's practice. The Bible talks about several men and several women sleeping together in the practice of orgies. It's not God's blessing, it's not God's practice. The Bible talks about men laying with children or women laying with children in pedophilia. It's not God's practice. The Bible talks about every one of these that society ideologies the world is wanting you embrace today as alternate lifestyles. I love the person. I don't care what attraction, I have attractions too. That just may not be my attraction. Remember what I read to you last week. Some men's sins, some women's sins are evident, you see it. Sexual sins are with the body, you see them when they walk in the door. But don't forget, your sins will follow you to the judgment. You got some things going on that people can't see because it's not a sexual sin, but you're both sinners. We all have actions, we all have attractions, we all have desires, we all have passions. But at the same exact time these sexual practices from cover to cover have never been endorsed by god as being his intention loves people that are in them it's just not god's best it's not god's best oh and there's one more you want to cover the last one <laughs> he says a man should never lie with an animal and a woman should never lie down for animals, animals called bestiality God says all of these practices homosexuality, lesbianism, orgies, pedophilia, or bestiality are all condemned, abominable practice for, for the original intention of sex between a man and a woman in marriage. Now did I say it clearly enough today? I'm saying it lovingly. I'm just telling you God has something better for you. Again, please hear me. this is not a sermon series about what I'm against, what the Bible's against. I'm not not trying to focus on what we're against. I'm trying to show you what we're for. I'm trying to show you what you're missing. I'm trying to show you God knew, the Creator knew, more than you knew or whoever you believed who told you that last lie knew. I'm trying to show you there is way more joy, way more fulfillment, way more happiness, way more pleasure, way more fun. Did I say fun? In this prescribed way that God has ordained. God is for. Maestro, please. God's for it. God's for it. God's for it. I'm going to need you to turn that up next time. Next time. Yeah, I'm going to need you to turn that up. Hmm. Come on, come on. Uh, God is for sex in marriage. God is for sex between a man and a woman, not a not a woman and an ox. Not 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 not, I don't want to make fun. Not, 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 e- listen, even in Middle Eastern customs and times, when even, even in the old testament, when they would take villages and they would say, 432 virgins were captured. Men were not allowed to marry those little girls until after an age of accountability, even in the old covenant. There's never, listen to me, there has never been a society, this is called the apologetics to our faith, there's never been a society in all human civilization that's ever championed, whether they knew God or not, the idea of pedophilia there's never been a society that said that's a noble thing never any civilization that's ever mayans indians native americans never been one whether they knew the god of heaven or not because the god in us tells us they're not right god is for romance listen some of you may be struggling Sexually in your marriage with intimacy because there's no romance. It's, it's become a chore on the chore list. It's become non emotional. It, it's, it's, it's become non engaging. But God's for romance. God, God's for the flowers. God's for the deep conversation. God's for the pillow talk. God's for the warm up. God's for the special trips. God's for the gifts. God's for, listen, God's for this is the best way. You've just gotten lazy. God's for intimacy, intimacy. Listen, I'm going to just deal with it right here. For for men, if you're not careful, here's how you say, oh, well, I got married. I did it the right way. I'm married to a woman and I'm faithful to her. But, But if we're not careful, we, okay, so we feel like, oh, we're winning. We're doing it the right way. But then when you get into that six years, five years, 12 years, I can speak on this now. It just becomes something you expect because the Bible says, your body doesn't belong to you, it belongs to me and I demand this from you and you should give this to me. <laughs> I can pro- you may feel that way because that's how we feel. We don't say that, but that's how we really feel. Trust me, that ain't strumming, no cord inside of her, nowhere. She'd rather walk on broken glass than hear that. She'd rather deep clean the bathroom than hear that but for ladies if, if if you're not careful it will also become for you the opposite of that where, where a guy just feels like oh you owe me this for a woman it'll be like another chore on the chore list did that on wednesday got that out of the way for the month praise god is this too much is, is it too much well, 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 but then when it gets, well, then your marriage gets born. Then your marriage gets stale. Then you're mad at each other. Then you fight all the time. Then you, you're just roommates with benefits sometimes <laughs> <laughs> or none of the time. God is for marriage. God is for marriage between a man and a woman. God's for marriage and there to be romance, for there to be deep conversations, for there to be intimacy, and for that romance and that intimacy to lead to sex and not just average sex, great sex, and lots of it. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. I'm going to show it to you. God is for a lifetime of fulfillment and joy and pleasure for both parties. Don't you be no stinking selfish lover. Don't you? know it's just too much Am I my... Oh, God, I got I gotta. gotta, God is for this to be sacredly protected by the confinements and the guidelines that he's given. I'm not trying to show you, I'm not trying to keep you from having fun. I'm trying to show you how to most fun. You know me. I'm not looking to, to drive in between the lines. I'm looking to color. I'm not just wanna ride the Harley. I wanna ride it with no hands standing up huh you know me (laughs) I'm just trying to give you (laughs) this isn't about how prim and proper we can keep this oh lord Jesus (laughs) (laughs) number two as I was saying sex and marriage guys help me this will go a long ways with your wife I promise it's cheaper too (laughs) sex in marriage is to be monogamous (laughs) divorces are expensive families are crushed lifetimes of relationships are destroyed businesses are torn apart because we start believing these these wives tales or these these teachings of other people or listening to these these desires inside of ourselves that tell us we should explore it on the outside of what we have Listen to what the author of Hebrews says. He says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another. I think in the King James Version or the New King James Version, it says this, so that the marriage bed be and remain undefiled, that that you're not letting other people in and she's not letting other people in it. God will surely judge people who are immoral like this and commit sexual immorality and adultery. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and, and skin a few cats here since I talked about some. Again, I'm, I'm saying it nicely. The, the world we live in today is normalizing all of this. There are shows on, on cable television. Sex and marriage is to be monogamous, not between a woman and multiple men. That's called polyandry. God speaks very clearly in the Bible about polyandry. A woman should not be married to multiple men. I don't know what kind of guy that is, but I ain't got one bone of him in me. Brooke going to have three husbands. Lord, no, and we all going to live together. What? Lord, no. (laughs) Sex and marriage is to be monogamous and not between a man and multiple women. That's called polygamy. There are whole movements Whole religions built around the indulgence of that desire that are not founded in scripture. Listen to what the Bible says. Proverbs 5, 15 through 19. Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with the wife of your youth. Why spill the water of your springs out in the street having sex with just anybody? you should reserve it for her and you never share it with strangers and let your wife be a fountain of blessing to you rejoice with the wife of your youth she is like a loving deer and a graceful doe here it is you ready let her breast satisfy you all the days of your life and may you always be captivated by her love it's you and her him and you Not, I got a man and a woman. That's called bisexuality. Addressed in the Bible, never commended in the Bible from cover to cover. Addressed. Here's what I love about the Bible. I I really do, and I've been waiting to have this conversation. The Bible is a book of integrity. It's a book of, How how many of you know, it doesn't tell you all the great things any character does without showing you also all the terrible things that they did. So we see men like Abraham take multiple wives. Well, then some idiot that doesn't read the Bible says, Well, because Abraham's a father of faith and has many wives, I ought to be able to have many wives too. But wait a minute. Abraham was commanded by God not to do this. All right, so watch this. (laughs) How many of you know Jesus loves Muslims? That's hard for you to say, isn't it? (laughs) Jesus loves Muslims ishmael the father of all of islam is a child of the flesh born by abram when he could not wait any longer on the promise of god in his life and he slept with an 18 year old egyptian servant girl named hagar and she gave birth to ishmael and ishmael gave birth to 12 sons and they became the nation as wild as a donkey and every man's hand would be against him and his hand would be against every nation And the conflict we have in this earth that is the oldest conflict in this earth today between christians and jews and muslims go with us to israel you will see all comes from the isaac and ishmael trouble of abram not waiting on god and believing it was okay to have another wife then we see abram we see david we see solomon We see Lot, all these men. And then people say, oh, well, because in the Old Testament they had it, God was okay. God clearly wrote, don't do this. It's going to cause trouble. Men would do it, and then God graciously would have compassion on the nations that would come from them, compassion on the people, compassion on the repentant heart of Abram and David. Here David is married with plenty of wives, God even saying, I would have given you whatever you wanted, and you couldn't be, you killed Goliath, but you couldn't kill the Bathsheba desire in your heart, so you took her too, and then sexual sin never left the household of David. Never left the household of David after David committed that sexual sin. He brought that generational curse into his family to his son, raped his daughter. Then that raped daughter's brother killed that son. And then Solomon is known for the most glorious thing in the world. He has 700 wives and 1,100 concubines. He's with a different woman for five years every night. Oh, well, this was okay. No, it's not okay. It was never okay. God never convinced. God never said that was okay. It's not okay. It's just the Bible is integral and shows you the good and the bad. Let me show you what God's for. Maestro. Loud. I'm going uh, to need you to give me some step lessons. God wants sex in marriage to be sacred. Listen to me. I, I, I don't want to plan sex Saturday and be wondering if the person I'm married to and engaging in intimacy with was with somebody else. On Freaky Friday, <laughs> oh. marriage and sex should be honest. It should be something you can both trust. That you're only sharing the. Wo- oh my God! Let me just say, the worth of a woman, in a sense, in society, is if a man has her and nobody else can get her. Amen. Amen. But trust me, you devalue yourself as a woman. When everybody knows they could get you, you rob yourself of your own virtue. Understand your worth and your value is more than the frills or the feels or the affections of what some guy told you. You're a daughter of God. You're beautiful. You have purity and virtue in Him. You don't have to spill over your streams in the street. Sex and marriage... It's to be something that's fun. Now listen to me, I gotta be careful here because I know there's some young people in here. <laughs> Jesus help me. Ooh, I may have to come back to fun. I may I got I'm flipping through the files. <laughs> oh gee. I, I'm gonna post <laughs> the adult version somewhere in some notes, somewhere. It, Oh, my Lord, Jesus. The Catholics got wine, but we got sex. Okay, okay. The Catholic priests, they can drink wine, but they can't be married. The the uh, evangelists, oh, Jesus. The modern-day... Pentecostal Christmas said y'all keep your wine we just need our wives (laughs) you take the wine I take my woman (laughs) this don't have to be boring you are not a missionary and don't always have to practice missionaries okay all right (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Jesus help me Be brave enough to talk while engaged. Look at me. <laughs> what do you want? What do you need? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Tell me. And I will give it to you. Your wish is my oh okay, alright. <laughs> You can have sex in your marriage that is fun, that is fulfilling, that is rewarding. That'll make you like another country music song used to say, I'm having daydreams about night things in the middle of the... It can be something that you look forward to. Has Tuesday gotten here yet? Is it five yet? I'm going home. I got to get these kids in bed. All right, Maestro help me again I'm trying to show you God's for it Don't make so many rules Don't don't be so overly self-righteous and pious and religious that you don't have no fun in your sex life in your marriage Just make sure you're married and it's with your husband or your wife Last one, and I'm gonna let you go. Pastor Chad is like, I have no idea how I'm gonna get him out of here today. <laughs> Pastor Chad, I know he's scared to even come to the keyboard, but <sighs> I don't have an email address, so I'm not looking forward to getting any emails. <laughs> Sex and marriage is to be continuous, it's to be continuous. Man, there's so much out. Well, I'm just, well, I'm just not into. Well, I just, my hormones are changing. Well, I'm just, well, I just, I can't do it anymore. I mean, guys or girl, that, that's, that's not the truth. That's not what the Bible says. Listen, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual desires, needs. And the wife should fulfill her husband. Did you notice it did not say here? A woman should fulfill a woman's. Did, did you notice any scripture I picked out of any context of the Bible never said that a man should fulfill a man's, that a man shall fulfill a child's, a child shall fulfill a woman's, or an ox shall fulfill a man's. Ne- never said that. You know why? Because the Bible is consistent from beginning to end what God's intentions were for sexuality. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual. Don't you ask for dough quickie. You might get a pass on one, but you better be ready to deliver next time, big boy. Huh? Am I going too far? It's tight, but it's right. Huh? Huh? Don't you be no selfish lover, player. Lord, no. That's how the flame dies. My man said three times a lady. That's next week. That's in the small group. That's in the small group. That's going to be a men's only small group and a ladies' only small group. We're going to need a real mature person to teach both of them. Check this out, ladies. And the wife should fulfill her husband's sexual desires. (laughs) Okay, Lord, I done crashed. So I might as well burn the wreckage now. If he needs you to dress up like Little Red Riding Hood, go get you a little outfit. (laughs) If you need your little police officer's hat and your little belt, all I can tell you is you better order you one. At least you ain't got to go in the store today and get it. Amazon will ship it right to your house with them other 37 packages wrapped up discreetly and nobody even know what's in it. Brooke got a haircut this week. I said, oh my God, I got a different person to make love to tonight. <laughs> That's too much, isn't it? <sighs> Lord, have a happy Father's Day, man. <laughs> the wife gives authority over her own body to her husband. And the husband gives authority over his own body to his wife. I just got a picture. of One of my best friends like this, wrapped up in a bow. It's like here it is. You can have it. The wife gives authority. She like covered up. She got make got a mask on, teeth whiteners in, a tile around her head, three bath robes. She is not looking forward to the. And then and then over here it says. And the man gives authority over his own body and he just lay in there in all his glory ready i'm yours <laughs> it's a difference man it's so it's so trippy difference how different we are look at this do not deprive each other of sexual relations listen to me withholding sex in either side of your marriage is a non-negotiating tool it's a non-negotiating tool Pure hearted little movie. What's that Dolly Parton movie? Coat of many colors. Anybody ever seen this little movie? It's a sweet, sweet sweet little show, little innocent little show. And it's the story of Dolly Parton when she's a little girl. And her mom and dad got in an issue like this. And you know, he did what all those men do. I'm moving out. He went out to the barn and she lived in the house. and, And that broke down the family and the relationship and the intimacy and and, in the movie Dolly Parton's grandfather was a minister and he came over and he basically put his foot down and said I don't care if y'all can get along or not I don't care if you got it all right or not you got to move back in that house and y'all got to start sleeping together again because this is a one way ticket to a divorce this is a one way ticket when you start withholding that when you start using that to negotiate to prove your point or to win your argument the Bible says that's a non-negotiating tool for either one of you That's off limits. Matter of fact, the Bible comes back and says, don't deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain. (laughs) There wasn't no message in that, was it? (laughs) Okay. Just messing with you. Unless you both agree to refrain from a time of intimacy for a limited time, now I guess this is when you get really spiritual mature so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer I'm the pastor but I have never said to Brooke I'm going to need a week off so I can pray harder this week but I guess at some point I'm going to get there the Bible says it <laughs> Brooke said I'm going to need one this week so I can pray okay well the Bible says we have to agree on how long that is <laughs> amen is it, I'm just preaching the Bible y'all we're just having Bible study Unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. And afterward, you should come back together again quickly so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of humanity's ability and a lack of self-control. I, I, I know wives, when, when that happens, you know, you think you're proving a point. And, and, and I'm not saying it's your fault for our indiscretions or lack of self-control or our stupidity. But literally you have to be smarter than the enemy. When you use that as a negotiating tool and you withhold that in your marriage, you are literally driving yourself, driving your husband into a different relationship Because we have this in us. That is a part. Now, I'm not saying that makes it okay. It's wrong. You just have to be smart enough to know you're opening a can of worms there that could be destructive. Now, man, what am I saying to you? You got to not be an idiot. You got to have self-control. You got to realize that God pays back when we transgress in that area. That it brings death and damage and destructive that is generational. That can't sometimes even be repaired or fixed. Listen to me. sex is about more than procreation. It, it, it is. Sex is about more than procreation. Listen to this statement here. Brooke was like, "Oh, I see you finally got it in there. I know you was trying to get that one in there." Oh, how beautiful you are. How pleasing you are, my love. How full of delights. You're slender like a palm tree and your breasts are like clusters of fruit I said I will climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruit may your breasts be like grape clusters and the fragrance of your breath be like that of apples may your kisses be as exciting as the best wine yes wine that goes down smoothly for my lover flowing gently over my lips and my teeth I am my lovers and he is mine and he claims me as his own come with me my love let's go spend the night in the fields and spend the night among the wildflowers and I'm gonna stop right there because it gets a little more descriptive if, if if intimacy was just about having children there would not be chapter and verse chapter and verse chapter and verse talking about be satisfied with her breasts let this be a spring in your relationship sex is supposed to be fun sex is supposed to be protected supposed to be sacred supposed to be rewarding enjoyable here's a couple of nuggets that i wrote wrote down don't let things get in the way i'm gonna prove my point and not with that don't let the passion fade don't don't get so routine men You get up, drink coffee from the same cup, go to the same job, come home, read the same paper, sit in the same chair, snap your fingers, shake your glass for tea, and expect her to come out in a new Victoria's Secret outfit every night. That ain't how it works for them, Jack. If you need somebody to teach you, we'll get a small group to teach you. Don't let it get boring. I'm just telling you, man, that becomes a challenge. Keep it fresh, keep it exciting, put thought into it like you used to, effort into it. Here's why, for the lips of an immoral woman, they're sweet like honey. Her mouth will speak words smoother than oil, but in the end, she is bitter as poison and dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet, they run somewhere quick, straight down to death, and they lead you straight to hell. She cares nothing about the path of life, She staggers down the crooked trail and don't even realize it. So now my son Solomon said, listen to me, never stray from what I'm about to tell you. Stay with her. Don't go near the door of her house. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor. You will lose your mercies and all that you have achieved. Your wealth will be consumed by strangers and someone else will enjoy all the fruit of your labor And in the end you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body And you will say how I hated the lessons that discipline tried to teach me If I had only not ignored all of the warnings of my peers Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructions? I have come now to the brink of utter ruin And now I must face all of the public disgrace the Bible says can a man take coals into his own lap and not be burned no a man can't sleep with another man's wife and not suffer the disgrace that comes from it when there's a divide between a husband and wife and we all come to him I want you to understand there's a breach in your home and the enemy he may not have got you with polyandry may not have got you with polygamy and he may not have got you with homosexuality or bestiality or any of these other things but he sees another opportunity there's a breach they're divided they're not one spirit let me wiggle my way in and he's coming to kill steal and destroy i want to end with what i started with today i want you to pay attention to a few things in your marriage attractions over your actions how many of you know We all have attractions raise your hand if you have attractions you know what you want that's why i told you to tell your lover what you want so they can fulfill you in that way but if you don't tell your lover that and you keep that to yourself you'll look for that need and that desire to be fulfilled by someone else who will we all have attractions but what you got to pay attention to is the actions over the attractions raise your hand if you have desires Yeah, I have desires, but what you've got to do is be focused on discipline instead of just always capitulating to every whim desire that you want. How many of you know we all in this room have passions? Oh, man, I have passion. You have passion. It may, you know, it's easy when it's passion about golf or passion about hunting or passion about ball or passion about, but listen, those passions left unchecked and bridled in your life will eventually spread to other areas if you're not careful. And what you got to watch is those passions and principle is always more more important than passion. Again, I know there's a lot of people in here today And I am not being mean-spirited, facetious, demeaning to any one of your struggles. I just want you to know, as Christians, we all have these attractions, desires, and passions. It's my job as the pastor of this church to tell you what this Bible says to safeguard your lives. I hope you understand that today. That's all I've attempted to do by using Marvin Gaye's song. Let's get it on. Man, I want you to get it on, but I want you to get it on the way God said, getting it on is best, God. Maybe you're here today, and you're, you're celebrating that truth. Like, man, that Brooke and I, I, you know, listen, I'll be honest with you. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I've never been unfaithful to Brooke in 13 years. Don't, put, don't clap. Don't, don't clap. That's not what I'm saying that for. I'm here today, and I can say, okay, on this day, I get to celebrate. Yeah, maybe you're here today, and you're celebrating that you've got God's blessings on your life and you're doing it the right way. I commend you for that. Here's some of those words that I said. Don't let things come between you. Work through issues. Don't withhold sex. Be romantic. Be intimate. Learn her language. Learn his language. Work harder at it. Keep it fresh and new. Don't let the fires die. Listen to some of those warnings I've given you today. But I also know that I get the privilege of pastoring a church that is mostly full of people that are not in that scenario. And honestly, I wouldn't want it any other way. I love the fact that probably 60% of the people here are not in that scenario. That means God entrusted me to be your pastor that helps you get to that place of healing and fulfillment in God. I love you. God sent you here. And I'm just trying to have a one-on-one with you today. I'm just trying to have a Bible study with you today. I want you to have that feeling and understand it's good. But i think the world has not guided you best on how to guide those feelings how to handle those passions and attractions and desires and and so today it's it's a tall task these are big shoes to stand in and i pray i can do it justice with god's help but if you're here today and and you're not in that place of right standing so to speak or not doing it yet the way that god's calling you to I, i want you to know this At Oaks Church, you're going to find love. At Oaks Church, you're going to find mercy. You're going to find grace, real grace that will not leave you where you're at, but real grace that will forgive you of your sins and get you up out of where you're at and help you grow and go to where God's calling you to be. That's why one of our mottos is we preach the truth, but we give grace to people that are not yet there yet. Because the truth of the matter is there's some area in all of our lives that none of us are there yet.